I'm joined in a studio by Paul Hodgson. Before I turn on your mic, Paul, I'm going to do a bit of an intro for you because you are a really, really busy person. You've got a whole uh, suite, a myriad of activities behind you. So you run an environmental company in Hong Kong. You, uh, you, you know, you, you do things with E-STEM education which is environmental science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So that's, we've, we've heard, I've heard of STEM, but there's E-STEM, right? And then you're also the vice chair of the Hong Kong Consumer El- Electronic and Ocean Engineering Society and the Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers. And you're an advisor to City University Applications Laboratory. Do you have more hours in a day than the rest of us? <laughs> Do you? Um, well, yes. No, well, no, I don't. But anyway, uh, good. Uh, first of all, good afternoon. Yeah. And thanks for having me on your program, Cruz. Uh, today, I'd like to take the opportunity to um, talk about the environment and in particular education. Um, it, environment's a hot topic uh, of recent times. Huge topic. Yeah. yeah, particularly when you look at the controversial subjects of climate change. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go into that. Mm. But there are some matters that environmentalists agree on. The first one is that the way that humans are currently living on this planet, it's not sustainable. And this is very important. So we talk about environmental awareness, but we really need to shift that a little bit perhaps towards sustainability. Mm -hmm. And the second one is that the key solution of environmental awareness and sustainable practice is education. And that's the topic of what I'd like to talk about. So Leonardo DiCaprio stated in his address to the United Nations several years ago that we've reached the point um, where energy-saving light bulbs are putting on a jumper instead of turning up the heater and using hybrid cars don't make a difference anymore. And sadly, that's true. true. Sadly, it's true. We need to think about other ways to make our existence on the planet less of an impact. Yep. Because we're not the only ones here. Well, this is, Mm. yeah, well, this is the the other problem. So what I'd like to do is tell your listeners about some of the exciting things that are happening in secondary school education. Quite some time back, I was approached by a group of students. They were doing beach cleanups. And this is where kids get on the beach, pick, put everything in bags and try and clean up a beach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the next day, of course, it all comes back. Yeah. And what they wanted to do was they wanted to make a difference. And all I did was I taught them the science of doing beach surveys, where what they would do is instead of just before they bin the the rubbish they collected, they would actually record what they had. Mm. And what they did with the data was they constructed a poster, presented it to the Hong Kong government, and it was part, not it wasn't instrumental, but it was part of the push to bring in the plastic bag levies that we had now because the most of the data that they were that most of the rubbish that they were collecting was in fact plastic bags right so the surveys they were doing it would say like we've found this many plastic bottles bags. this many plastic bags would it be brands would it be anything like that it was just types of rubbish they were picking up from the beach they did types of rubbish but they were also looking at how many parking shop bags how mm. many welcome bags how many of the old red bags that ah, we used to have sure so they were able to classify all of this thing but the key thing they found was that it was plastic bags that were the main issue Mm. so they then went about with the government to do something about it what i discovered from this exercise was that there was a whole lot of secondary school science that was being carried out and it was not being reported and it wasn't going into mainstream science so i'm not talking about phd science i'm Mm. not talking about really complex things that uh, advanced students get into i'm talking about really basic level science Mm. 
So I then went further and explored this and I found out about the American Geophysical Union and they run a conference every year in December and what they do is they publish students' data. And by publish, I mean they ask the students to present it properly and then they put it onto ResearchGate for other researchers to have a look at. And this is secondary school this students? This is secondary school students. And they concentrate on the last two years of secondary school. And ResearchGate is great because it's the massive sort of library that we have with all science. So you can key in something like climate change and you get millions of articles coming out of it that you can then sift through and find out what's happening. Mm. So each year, 30 students fly from Hong Kong to the US to present at this conference. And the science that they're doing from Hong Kong is turning heads as well. Oh, wow. And it's, um, it's, it's a surprise. It was a surprise to me to find this out. Mm. So just to backtrack a bit, so like you say, when someone's doing like a PhD study, they're picking a very specific targeted thing that they're thinking about to do research on, right? But a lot of what these secondary school students are finding out in their projects is kind of, like you said, the basic science, but maybe people aren't spending their time collecting that basic scientific data. Is that what's happening? Basically, yes. Yeah. The, the, the work that the students are doing would not be a PhD. Right. But yeah. what it does is it sets a whole foundation for, for work that can be carried on past what the students are oh, doing. Amazing. So it's a step one bit. Cool. Yeah. So, for example, I've got some examples here. Please. We had a student that went through and looked at wave generation in Hong Kong and then studied all the data that they could get on the waves and found that it was possible for Hong Kong to use this as a source of power. And the Poly University took up this paper that the student produced and is taking it forward now. Amazing. So a secondary school student secondary had school the vision student to think about Had the about vision that. to yeah. think about it. And what he did was, um, just using basic statistics, he actually came up with a formula that applies to Hong Kong because Hong Kong's a strange place with the way that some of it's exposed and some of it isn't. Gosh. The other one, uh, paper I'd like to mention, is mm. the one that looked at something very basic. If you increase boat traffic, what happens to the populations of Chinese white dolphin in the same area? Yes, sure. And um, this was a paper that was produced, and WWF was very interested in it. Mm. And it's triggered a whole lot of research that WWF are doing now in the Western waters about boats, high-speed um, ferries. I think some of this has been um, in the news as well. And the impacts that that, that has on dolphins. So the, from this funny little poster that was produced, you've got this massive amount of science happening afterwards. Wow. Another one, heavy metal, and this is the one I like because it involves something that I'm very passionate about, which is underwater robotics. Heavy metals in Hong Kong Harbour. Because there's so much traffic in Hong Kong Harbour, it's really difficult to collect mud samples. Mm. So EPD has a boat that goes out and you have to talk to Marine Department. But I had a student that built this funny little underwater robot. And it crawls out from the shoreline, takes mud samples and comes back. Really? A student so, built a robot that does that? That does that. Unbelievable. And, and what, what it does is, what we're able to do with that is we're able to analyse the mud samples it collects. And because it's on the bottom, the boats are going over the top. So it's not interfering with the traffic on anything. Mm. So what they found is that over the years, the mud, the heavy metal in the mud, sediment that's in Hong Kong Harbour is decreasing, but very slowly. Ah, okay. And this is of interest to organisations like EPD. Mm. Health of corals. This is another one that I like because marine, obviously. Um, we looked at the health of the corals going back 10 years using a very simple technique that the students, uh, we taught to the students, which is Coral Watch. 
And, we and that's coral. We have coral in Hong Kong. Yes, People don't we think have, about that. We do have coral in Hong Kong. We have more species here than they have in the Caribbean, and that usually surprises a lot of people. That's incredible. Yeah. It's a very special place. Wow. And the list, like the list just goes on and on and on. And the problem that I saw was that the AGU is in the US, and mm-hmm. local students and teachers and schools usually can't afford the expense of getting students there. Right. So that filters out a lot of the things that get presented and get published. So in response to this, what I've managed to arrange is use the IEEE, the Hong Kong IEEE CEOES chapter. It's a lot of acronyms. Yes. Um, (laughs) To hold a student conference in December at the City University. Wow. And it's open to secondary school students in the final two years of their secondary school. Uh, We will allow our papers to be published in Chinese as well. And the students' work will be presented in poster, and paper, and presentations. So this is a real scientific conference. Mm. And there'll be academics and there will be researchers going there to look at what the students are doing. Amazing. And we're hoping from that things will progress on. So we want to showcase the work of the local students here, and we want to show their potential. And for the students, there's a benefit. Um, Their applications to university will reflect the fact that they participated Mm. in this conference, and their work will also be published in ResearchGate, which makes it available for everybody to look at, to see, and perhaps to use or to extend. AFCD is also acknowledging the work that the students are doing. Oh, really? In the AFCD yeah. Centre at Hoi Ha, there's an area specifically for posters. Um, and this, these posters will be about work that students are doing here right. in Hong Kong. So it's really an exciting development in environmental awareness education. So I'm glad to be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. Look, we're going to go to a quick song and then we're mm. going to come back and chat a okay. little bit more. This is, uh, this is Amy Grant and Big Yellow Taxi. Three show this Friday afternoon. Woohoo! It's the weekend soon. But before we get there, we're chatting to Paul Hodgson, um, who I'm, I don't even know if I can go through your CV again, Paul. It's just so expansive, all the different things you do here. Well, let's just go with environmental consultants. We'll do a blanket term for now. And we've been chatting about how Hong Kong secondary school students are making this amazing contribution to environmental sciences. And we were going through some of the projects that they're doing. So they were they were looking at um, the impact of boats on the, dolph- the white dolphin population here, which is, I mean, I have to say this morning I picked up the latest National Geographic and it's all about extinction of species. I had to put it down again. I was going to read it. It wasn't very happy breakfast reading. And um, one thing you mentioned was, I want to chat about a little bit more, was wave generation um, as a, sorry, yeah, wave, is that what it's called? Wave wave generation generation. as an alternative energy source in Hong Kong. That's Mm. incredible. Well, this this sort of, a lot of the work the students do hits you from the side. So they're things that you didn't really think about. And the wave generation one was one of them. And um, what the young man was name was Mark. What he did was he was interested in the fact that when they run wind farms, they have to turn the blades away from the wind to slow it down or shut it down when we have typhoons. Mm. And typhoons is when we need the pumps running, when we need maximum energy in Hong Kong because everyone locks themselves up, turns on the air con. (laughs) So what what. Mark found out was that they have massive wave generators in Scotland and the the orifice, the entrance to the Mm. wave generator restricts the amount of energy coming through. So what you get in a typhoon is maximum efficiency from the system Mm. when you need it. Mm. Whereas from the the turbines, the wind farm, you don't because they've had to shut it down. So the time you need the maximum energy, you can't get it. So he was, um, Mark went around and actually found locations that coincided with areas that could environmentally accept Mm. and also would be very efficient in terms of wind farming. Mm. 
and it was just a simple poster. And the, the key issue with a lot of the, the students' work is it's not biased because they have no interest yeah. in in whatever yeah, result sure. they, they don't get. Have any. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And they're very blunt. On the po- on, on Mark's poster, <laughs> it was simple. Is wave generation possible in Hong Kong? Yes. Okay. It's very simple. <laughs> and how old is this guy? 17. 17 when he did this. Yep. And he used this as part of his application to get into Ivy League University. And of course he got in, oh, right? Gosh, because yeah. it's a published, a published paper already and he's wow. still in secondary school. So for the students, you've got this element as well where they produce this work and if yeah. it's of good quality, then of course it assists with their university applications. Oh, so goodness. it's um it, it's Absolutely. a very interesting program to be associated with. Uh, other things I've got are particulates. The particulate um, particulates in Hong Kong are quite quite high, mm. and it's been linked to several things like lung cancer and other health issues that we have in Hong so Kong. This is particulates in the air. In yep. particulates in yep. the air. So what a student wants to do is he's sort of arguing with the observatory. His concept is that if you have heavy particulates, they're going to concentrate towards ground level. Mm. And a lot of the observatory equipment is in on top of buildings. Mm. So he's wondering whether or not it's actually a real representation of what the particulates are in the air. Fascinating. So he's designed an experiment where he's looking at the gradient over height. And he will publish that. So we may either prove that, yes, what the observatory is getting is correct or that maybe they need to review what they're doing. So this is the sort of work that the students work on. It's not really groundbreaking science, but it's something that's very curious when you think about it. Well, like, I mean, if you think about it as students, I mean, I think you're doing an incredible job. PR for the average teenager because mm. you're showing what a teenager, what a young person is capable of, is incredible. And, and I think people think that they, you know, but as you said, they have some resources that are not always available to the rest of us in in huge measure with daily lives. You've got time; they mm. have some time on their hands. You know, you don't mm. always have the luxury of time in life. Uh, they've got curiosity. They've got unbridled curiosity that hasn't been, you know, tainted by, you know, meeting, paying your rent or whatever else it is. And as you said, they've got no bias because they haven't been corrupted by the, you know, well, not corrupted. You know what I mean? They haven't they haven't had to fulfill objectives for commercial enterprises or anything like that. They're just doing this purely for a love of science and and fight and you know out of interest to to pursue curiosity well this is the this is part of it as well you look at the result and you see the way that a teenager's mind works a little bit different than an adult's mind and like i may mm. be touching all sorts of interesting <laughs> areas with this yeah. but the way that they think and come to conclusions and you look at the path that they took and you can't do anything with it because it's just very simple straightforward this is what i got and this is what i reckon it it, mm. it means mm. and they take it from that point incredible so it's really really good to be involved in it yeah and so how can more students in hong kong get involved i mean there's lots of students getting involved at the moment is there if you if you're listening if you have a teenage child if you are a young person what are some ways that you could put your hands up is it is there things you can do under your own steam you don't need to get involved with an organization or anything well it's not really based on an organization the mm. organization the IEEE is only arranging a conference mm. um, so students are welcome to either approach us to to present work mm-hmm, that they're mm-hmm. already doing yep. oh and um, I will share a link to the IEEE conference on uh, my Facebook page cruise on RTHK radio 3 yeah mm. cool so, so we, we don't have any restriction on it the number of participants in the IEEE conference at the moment I'm being cheeky and saying that it's unlimited <laughs> city you have been great because they will support that statement so if there are people out there that are doing good science mm. um, 
and they get in touch with us, we'll give them the formats. There's still time to apply for the conference. Fantastic. And if the science is valid, then we're not going to turn it away. We want to get as many um, youngsters involved in this as we possibly can. Amazing. Paul, thank you so much for your time today. We're definitely going to have you have you back on the program and see thank what you. else we can learn about. That was Paul Hodgson, uh, environmental consultant, among many, many, many other things, um, speaking about the incredible impact that some of the Hong Kong students are contributing to the world of science. Uh, we're going